It's a joy to be with you this morning. And would you, would you pray with me as we turn to the Lord to hear his word again today? Lord, we thank you so much that you are a God who speaks, that you are a God who draws near to us to speak words of life and encouragement and strength and goodness to us. And we pray that you would do that again this morning. We pray that you would give us open hearts to hear you. Would you plant your word deep in our heart and would you help us receive it, uh, Lord, as, uh, as your word today? Uh, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable before you. You are Lord, our rock, and our redeemer, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you this morning, what kind of help do you need when you are learning a new skill? If you're trying to learn to do new things like fix plumbing or bake or plant a garden or do your taxes or play an instrument, we all need help in those things that goes beyond mere words. Someone can tell you with words how to do things like that, how to hold a tool or fill out forms or hold your body in a certain way. But our skills grow a whole lot faster and better if we have a model who shows us the path to follow by showing us what to do. Now, Jesus is in the business of growing people, helping us and transforming us so that we keep on growing in all the dimensions of our life to become more like him. And because Jesus is a very good teacher, he not only gives us a message, but he models a pathway for us, a path for our growth with him and with others. Now, I'm gonna to point to several passages of scripture today because we can see Jesus' path for our growth by looking at a really broad pattern across his whole life and ministry. There are four short passages here in the worship folder that point us toward this larger pattern of his path. And I want you to see as we read what these rather different passages have in common. Let's hear the word of God together from Mark chapter three. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. And Jesus appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the 12, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee and John the brother of James to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Now from Luke 8. Soon afterward he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Jusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him out of their means. From Mark 9. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Mark 14. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Uh, uh, I don't know what you're thinking, but I did not choose the passages just by randomly throwing darts at a board uh, this week. There is a pattern here. 
but we should end with our proper response. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Now, what pattern can we see in these passages? Well, I think a pattern here and in Jesus' whole ministry is that the path to growth goes through community that is both broad and deep. And if we're going to grow more and more into the likeness of Jesus, we need to follow a path of relationships in the church community in ways that are both broad and deep. Seeing this pattern and this path can help us begin to understand how to pursue spiritual growth in the church and how to be involved. What are the different kinds of groups and activities in the church that you should be sure to include in your life so that you're growing in all the ways that God wants you to grow? Seeing Jesus' path of growth through both broad and deep relationships in his community gives us a foundation to begin answering that question. First, Jesus' path to growth leads us into a community that's broad. From the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus was building a community of people around him. Now, the Gospels give a lot of focus to the 12 disciples that Jesus called, as we just read from Mark 3. But the text from Luke 8 and others like it reveal that Jesus was not just working with the 12. He was gathering a broad community of people beyond the 12 as well. There were important women who were among his friends and disciples and supporters. Uh, Not only Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna who are named here, but from Luke 10, we know of the sisters Mary and Martha. And in Luke 10, Jesus says, uh, Luke also says there were many others uh, with him. In Luke, we also read at one point that Jesus sends out 72 disciples to imitate him in traveling all over the land to share the good news of the kingdom of God that had arrived in the person of Jesus. And by the time we reach the history in Luke's sequel volume, the book of Acts, we learn in chapter one that the community of followers, Jesus' followers, just in Jerusalem alone, numbered about 120. See, Jesus was calling a community, a community that he challenged and called to grow in ways that they had never imagined. And part of what made it possible for them to grow was the support they found in this broad community of diverse people. Jesus helped them grow into a community that functioned like an extended family, and it enabled them to stand under pressure because they supported one another like a family. When they began to establish the church in Jerusalem, Acts 2 tells us that they they ate together, they spent time in each other's homes, and they freely gave from their resources to help anyone who was in need. And it was the unity of this broad range of people that revealed the kingdom of God in action, fulfilling God's promises from Abraham onward to unite people from all over the world under the gracious rule of King Jesus. As Pastor Clay has showed us so often over the past year from the books of Galatians and Ephesians, it was their relationships across all the boundaries and differences of class and education and background and ethnicity that made them a demonstration of the reconciling power of Jesus' rule and a new redeemed way of being human. And we also need to be part of a broad community of people in order to grow. We need to experience being part of the bigness and broadness of the church so that we experience Jesus and his kingdom as something that is so much bigger than we are ourselves. 
So the path for our growth must include regular participation in the broad gatherings of the church to help us experience its bigness. The first, of course, and most important gathering of the church is what we're doing right now, corporate worship on Sunday. As much as we are able to do so, it is good for us to join the gathering of the church in person because there is a particular power to the bodily experience of being with the whole church that can't be duplicated in any other way. I read an article in Christianity Today just this past week that shows that singing and speaking together as a group actually syncs our minds and bodies together, even at the level of our neurobiology. As the article says, neurons that fire together, wire together. And a people who sing and experience a wire, who do that, experience a wiring together of our minds. In other words, God has designed us in such a way that when we are present to each other, our minds and hearts and spirits grow attuned to each other by acting in unity together. But there's more than going on here than just biology, of course. There is something incredibly moving and strengthening and spiritually formative about worship in an assembly of people singing and speaking beautiful words that speak profound truths with all the energy that we can muster. It is a small taste of heaven itself on earth. For heaven is above all a place of boundless joy that overflows in the presence and love of the triune God who is himself the fullness of abundant life and goodness and beauty. And worship together is not only a way to enjoy God's glory, it's a path to serve each other as well. For our wholehearted participation with others in the church encourages others and it in turn blesses us. Sometimes we need the participation of others in the church to bear us up when we are weighed down with the cares and the sorrows of this life. And we can experience that encouragement most deeply when we are present to each other as fully as possible. Now, even if there are reasons why you cannot be physically present at times, you can still do whatever you can to make it a priority to participate in the gatherings of the church in whatever way that you can. And we grow not only from worshiping together, but from eating together and from serving together. So Wednesday night meals and church picnics and cookouts and dinners and service projects of all kinds, these are all places where we can grow by being pulled out of ourselves into the broad community of God's people and the broad work of Jesus in the broader world. One blessing of being part of a larger church like Central is that we have people here with a broad range of experiences and differences. We have people here from all over the country with all different kinds of religious backgrounds who do all kinds of different work, who have all different kinds of gifts. We're a multi-generational church with people who are just starting to know Jesus and with people who've been growing in their life with Jesus for seven, eight, nine decades or more. The path to our growth must include participating in gatherings where we meet these people, where we meet people who are very different from us, where we can listen and learn from the broad people, the broad community that Jesus has gathered here. And I would add we also need experiences with people from other churches too, where we can experience the broadness of God's universal work in the world in people and places very different from Central. 
You can actually have a taste of that this very week at Equip You. We have a class that will be offered by Dr. Charles Pearson, executive pastor from Friendly Temple Baptist Church. You, come, you can come and experience the wonderful wisdom uh, and leadership of, a, of an incredibly godly man and pastor uh, in, in that class starting Wednesday. So according to Jesus' pattern, we have a path to growth that begins by participating in a broad community with a diversity of people. But that path always moves toward community that is not only broad, but deep. While Jesus preached to large crowds and while he gathered a community of a few hundred disciples, he also chose 12 men to accompany him in everything that he did. He knew and loved and served many, many people, but he lived his daily life with a few close friends and companions. And even among the 12, the gospels show us that Jesus had an especially close and deep friendship with three men in particular, Peter and James and John. In the passages that we read earlier from Mark 9 and Mark 14, we see that Jesus spent some, some of the most special moments of his life with these three men. He wanted these three with him at his highest moments, like when he revealed his glory to them on the mountain more fully in Mark 9. He wanted these three with him when he was at his very lowest of moments, like his time of agonizing prayer in the garden on the night before he died. This pattern is so counterintuitive to the way that our world often works. When Jesus wants to start a movement that changes the entire world, he doesn't go big, he goes small, and he goes deep. And this, this pattern of deep community in Jesus' ministry is the path for our growth. Which people is it in, in the Gospels who experience the greatest growth, the greatest transformation? It's the people who spent the most time with Jesus in the close, deep community of friends walking together with him. <clears throat> this pattern of Jesus' work means that being part of the broad community of the whole church is necessary, but it's not enough. It's not enough for us to grow in all the ways that God desires for us. We need much more than simply being part of a large crowd. We need much more than just coming to worship services on Sundays. Jesus' path always moves from a broad community of people into the deep community of friends. And if we, if we want the fullness of life with Jesus, then like the 12, and like Peter, James, and John, we need to follow his call into a deep community of friends who will share life together with Jesus and support one another in following him. <clears throat> now, why is this deep community so important? It's important because there are things that can happen in a small group of close friends that can't happen very easily or even at all in a larger group. <clears throat> First, Spiritual growth can only happen in deeply personal ways if it fosters deep personal connections and deep personal applications in the details of our lives. As you read the Gospels, we see that Jesus' approach to spiritual growth focuses most heavily upon personal conversation, personal dialogue, personal questions, and personal counsel with a few people at a time. Think of how Jesus restores Peter in John 21 after Peter had denied him three times. That was a deeply personal conversation that was tailored precisely to Peter's specific sin, and it was framed by Jesus in precisely the way that Peter needed to hear it. 
And that kind of conversation can only happen because of the time and the deep friendship that they had cultivated. So if we follow this pattern of Jesus, we see that spiritual growth requires reflection and discussion about the details of our lives at a deep level. And that requires a smaller group that has the time and the ability to give a personal focus to each and every member. Now, reaching this level of personal dialogue also requires transparency and trust. We won't grow unless we can admit to ourselves and to others how we need to grow and honestly confessing our deep weaknesses and sin and hurt and need requires a lot of trust that we can only really cultivate in deep community with a few people with whom we share a commitment to follow Jesus together. In the Gospels, we can see how this developing trust enables Jesus' closest disciples to share their deepest questions and fears and concerns with him. Like when they're afraid in the boat in the midst of the great storm, or when they're mourning the death of their friend Lazarus, they can bring those questions and fears to Jesus because they know him deeply. And our our lives are also filled with sin and suffering that we need to be able to share deeply with others. The power of our sins and our shame and our suffering only grows when they remain isolated in the dark. But when we bring them into the light and love of Jesus in the midst of deep friendships and deep community, they can lose their power and the grip that they have on us. And we can find hope and strength through Christ, through his people. How will you escape the grip of an addiction? How can you bear up under the sorrow and hardship of losing a job or losing a loved one or caring for people with mental illness? How can we live with Christ-like character when we are in great conflict and have deep wounds from a spouse or a friend or a family member? How can we grow to be like Jesus in the face of unwanted sexual desires or deep anxieties over money? And how do we grow to be like Jesus in the face of of all the positive things that Jesus calls us to do, like living a life filled with prayer, encouraging each other with wise counsel, sharing Christ with others, engaging in work that glorifies God and serves others, cultivating the fruit of the Spirit and patience and kindness and goodness and joy in all things. Friends, Jesus' path shows us that we were not meant to bear these burdens and these challenges by ourselves. Jesus is calling us to a path into a deep community where we can know and be known, where we can love and be loved deeply, linking arms with others to follow Jesus together and be the very means that he uses to strengthen one another to grow. In fact, this is the only practical way that we can actually love people. Most of Jesus' teaching about what a life of love requires can only be accomplished in the context of deep relationships. Jesus teaches us, for example, to love one another with affection in 2 Peter 1, to show hospitality in Romans 12, to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, to bear with one another in the midst of our strife, Colossians 3. And we can only obey commands like that practically if our relationships are deep enough that we can truly know the nitty-gritty truth about each other's lives, deep enough that we can know what each other's burdens actually are and be close enough to share them, 
deep enough that we can develop a family affection for each other and open our homes and our lives to each other. Now, how can you find this kind of deep community at Central? And what should you be seeking? Well, Jesus had both a group of 12 and a group of three. And I think that suggests that there's something that's very helpful and valuable for us, both in a medium-sized group, like the 12, and a very small group, like the three. We have lots of medium-sized ministry groups at Central in which a big church can become small, and we can begin to develop the friendships that we need to grow. Uh, Many of our groups, like Sunday school classes, like men's and women's Bible studies, community groups, these are like finding your own group of 12, ish, or maybe 20 or 30 as, some, as the case may be. Uh, in this kind of group, you can begin to get to know people more deeply. You can begin to share parts of your life together with others. And if you're not in a group of this sort, a really great first step would be to try Sunday school or a Bible study. Most of these groups in our church stay together year over year, and so they become a really great place to see people regularly and start to build some connections with friends. But we also have a way for you to go deeper still and find your group of three, so to speak. Over the past two to three years, I've been helping to form groups that we're calling growth groups. Groups of three to four men or three to four women who commit to meeting regularly, at least a couple times a month, and make a commitment to love each other deeply, to bear each other's burdens, to support each other in setting goals and forming a plan to grow in different dimensions of life. We have about 24 of these groups going so far, and they are discovering in their deeper relationships with each other that amazing growth can happen in that kind of deep community. If you'd like to know more about any of these kinds of groups or find ways to join one, please let me know. I would be delighted to help you find a way to take a step into deeper community so that you can grow in all the ways that Jesus is calling you to grow. Growing spiritually by walking in deep community with a few close friends is not an optional luxury in the Christian life. It's not a thing that's nice for a few folks here and there. Now, this is Jesus' path for all of his disciples, a path that must include the broad community of the whole church and the deep community of a few friends growing together in following Jesus. May the Lord help our church be a community that grows broad and grows deep in the love and truth and power of Christ so that we might be able to bless the world as a Christ-shaped people. Let's pray. Lord, we, we, we thank you that you are a God who draws near to us, that you want this kind of deep community with us, that you want us to know and to be known and to have that experience with one another. Lord, we pray that you would do that in our church more and more. that that we would be the broad community and the deep community that you've called us to be in a way that reflects all of your gifts and graces and goodness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.